coming to you live from Rob's living room. It's the Mike and Rob podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Rob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mike and Rob podcast, episode number 20, coming to you on August 5th, 2014. I'm Mike of the Mike and Rob podcast, and sitting to my right is Rob. Say hi, Rob. Hi. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Yeah. No. So uh, we're recording a quick one here to get out on the air. Uh, hang on a second. Oh, yeah. I want to hang we're, on. We're at 36 seconds. I was like, isn't that the minute category? But it's not. Been hanging on all week. Hang on is stupid. <laughs> hang on, Sloopy. How many songs can you name that have hang on it in it? I don't know. Hang, hang on, it. loosely. Songs don't hang let on go. <laughs> Are you being Captain Negative today, Rob? No. <laughs> That's kind of a negative answer. No. Just because I had a crap day. Did you? Tell us about your day. You just got off work no. and came straight over here, plopped down on the couch, and started recording. I don't know. You know work is stupid, and everything's <laughs> lame, and it sucks. And Do you have something you need to talk about, Rob? No. <laughs> just no, being negative? Just leave me alone. I'm just being negative. <laughs> Captain Negative is in the house. Um... We won't get into a whole bit about Captain Negative, but I'm sure we can, uh, you know, figure something out down the road. For no, that. we won't figure anything out. <laughs> Ever? Ever. Oh, wow. That's really negative yeah. of you. I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> Goodbye. Lame. Bad bye. Um, Bad bye. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really have much time to prepare this episode. I did oh, throw okay. out a little... Warning in case anyone wanted to throw us a little note, but uh, so far nothing. Um, how was your week? Actually, it's been pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah. Captain Negative has taken uh, Yeah, it was just, you know, <laughs> just doing that for doing it. Um, A's, A's had a nice solid win yesterday. But hey, they did. They came back in the bottom of the ninth. See huh? the rally possum? No. There's a, a little like possum that ran out onto the field. Really? In the, I think it was, the, I guess it was the 10th inning. I thought it was earlier. But they showed it on TV. <laughs> Rally possum. That's awesome. It's well, awesome you know, they had the, the 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 angels have the rally monkey, so we got to get a rally animal. There it is, the rally possum. <laughs> wow, that was quick. No, um, <laughs> somebody didn't waste any time with that. No, it's easy to make too. I guess <laughs> you just but yeah, there's just like a little possum that was like running along the fence, um, over by the third base side. <laughs> like kind of over by where the big roll, the big tarp is right. all rolled up. Like right. it was kind of over so there. He was in the stadium. He wasn't like on the outskirts. No, it was in the stadium. That's kind of funny. Oh, um, I'm sure they clean up after all the lights go out. They're just like, <laughs> yes, it's fucking on right now. Yeah, it turns into like post-apocalyptic New York City. I picture it more like a a big Thanksgiving table banquet for them. With like a cornucopia of garbage for them to eat. And as soon as the lights go out and they come out, there's just this <laughs> kind of tone. And All they... you can just hear is <laughs> times a thousand. Yeah. Do you remember when we were living in San Diego and there was a possum on our fence and we were just, it was all dark. We couldn't see. And then we like shine a flashlight on it. It was the biggest damn thing I've ever, oh, yeah. I could have imagined a possum being. It was freaking huge. We had, <laughs> I had one not, not as, not too much smaller than that, uh, at the rental that we had. Oh yeah. I let my dogs out in the middle of the night and they just start like freaking out. Right. Like just barking their heads There's off. There's a monster. Like, 
Yeah, well, they probably <laughs> thought it was a cat. Yeah. And I go out there. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And like, you could just see the big black shape on top of the fence. Well, as you said, your dogs don't think anything is anything except another dog of. I'm a pretty sure kind. that's. I'm pretty sure that's what they think. It's just like another dog. Everything is another dog. You're another dog. Those little tiny flying dogs. You're the dog that feeds them. Yeah. <laughs> One day, Chubbs will be a big dog like me. <laughs> um, well, this week, I don't even know what to dive into because... Um, well, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I guess we can start talking about that right away, but I almost want to get like spoilerific with it and save it to the end of the show in case people want to... Not listen to yeah, that. I guess. What do you think? I mean, it wasn't like an. Yeah, all right. I was gonna <laughs> say it wasn't like an overly complicated plot, and then I'm like, actually, it was pretty complicated. It was, I heard someone say, uh, you know, that th- that there was a rebuttal I read online to a review that was saying there's no plot and uh, all this stuff. But I, and then the guy was like, no, there's a plot. Here's the plot. Here's what it is. He's like, it's pretty simple. And I'm yeah. like, I could narrow it down even. Way I can sum it up way easier. Good guys and bad guys fight over a ball. The end. <laughs> I mean, good guys win. The end. Yeah, it was kind of how. It yeah, I, I was reading an article about it too that said the bad guy was like kind of one dimensional and not very interesting. I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Right, but it wasn't. But he was. I don't know. He said he wasn't scary. I'm like, he was pretty scary. It wasn't really about the bad guy. the The movie is about the formation of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the GOTG. So right. So um, and that's the best find... part. Just the 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 group's interaction with each other. Yeah, and and how they start off as not friends. They don't know each other, and they they kind of get thrown together by fate and opportunity and um maybe i can i'm trying to find the actual um article i was reading but um they get thrown together by fate and opportunity and they start out yeah here it is so this guy is a comic uh artist who has done a few things and he said i read a review of gotg guardians of the galaxy that said the movie didn't really have a plot or that it was inexplicable without understanding the marvel comics source material as someone who has never given two dams about the cosmic stuff in the old 616 until now. I don't know what that means, but... six I don't know, maybe that's throwing a shout-out to his area code? No, I think it... No, I think it refers to um, a certain world of comic books. Um, uh, he said, I was able to follow along fairly well. I figured I'd take a swing at breaking it down into two sentences. One, Cosmic Hitler hires Space Bin Laden to retrieve a powerful weapon in exchange for wiping out SBL, which is Space, Space Bin Laden's enemies, uh, who have recently signed a peace treaty with SBL's native world. Two, five misfit criminals attempt to thwart the plans of these genocidal monsters for selfish reasons at first, but through teamwork and friendship, find hope, heroism, and happiness. It's kind of so, like, I don't know, I really, I really looked at the relationship between uh, Rocket the talking raccoon and Groot. Raccoon? What's that? <laughs> and Groot, the talking tree. Right. Uh, is like totally like a Han Solo, Chewbacca totally. kind of a thing. There was definitely that that aspect like, to it. You can't tell. I mean, you know, the, Groot only says three words. Right. And <laughs> somehow Rocket can discern like what Groot's really <laughs> trying to say. That was really funny because I thought it was just going to be, this is all he can say and people don't really know what he's trying to say. Yeah. But Rocket can understand him and he's like having a conversation with him just like Chewie and yeah, Han Solo. Exactly. All Chewie does is make sounds and like somehow <laughs> Han's supposed to figure, supposedly can 
figure out what he's saying. <laughs> he's like, I know, I don't like it either, Chewie, but <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah. Um, actually, I really liked the movie. I thought the whole opening sequence was really like instantly. It's a a punch to the gut. Right away. You're talking about the very, 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 very beginning. Opening? Okay, yeah. So when I'm, I'm not giving anyway any spoilers here, but basically, um, I, I won't give away a spoiler because there is something you could spoil the beginning of the movie, so I won't. But there's an opening scene with um, Peter Quill, the main character who is Star Lord, uh, when he's a little kid, and it's a really emotionally powerful scene and really well done and really. Um, without even knowing the character at all, it's already an emotional gut punch, I thought. Yeah. And they did that really well. And then it goes, boom, straight into action sci-fi fantasy right away. Yeah. And it goes 26 years later. He's all grown up, and he's now Star-Lord. So what does that mean, and who is he, and what does he do? So we get to know his character that way. And it all ties together uh, with the emotional gut punch scene from the beginning toward the end of the film. Um, and then there was... Uh, also, um, we get to see some stuff from uh, movies that are going to be, you know, tied together with this with uh, Josh Brolin playing Thanos. Yeah, he's he's the big, he's the space Hitler. Big, yeah, big purple monster guy, space cosmic, cosmic Hitler, cosmic Hitler. <laughs> and yeah. Space Bin Laden is his counterpart that they were doing business Ronin. together. Yeah, Ronin. Ronin. And um, and then they just, you know, those are the bad guys, so whatever. But it's really, it's a funny movie. It's really more about the gu- the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd say... And they, they just, the dialogue is so well written between the characters. Yes. And things are just so really, just really hilarious. And I think... Um, you get characters or actors like uh, John C. Riley and Glenn Close doing these like Glenn small Close little roles. Glenn Close didn't do much for me. Yeah, she was just in a small role just and she like, just read the it, lines. It wasn't but... like she really added a lot to the role. It was it's like she like, came in for a week. Why are you and... here? Yeah, she came like, in for a really week. you and... just decided to do that, huh? Were you just bored? <laughs> it's you just not a to come pivotal... in for a Saturday? And yeah, just, like... it was not a pivotal role of any kind, so she got a nice paycheck, I'm sure. But um... Same with Benicio Del Toro. Like He didn't have right. much of a role. But apparently, I guess, the, the collector who he plays, right. he's going to be uh, in a lot of well, in, he in was some of the other movies. He was as well. the sneak peek at the end of Thor: The Dark World, uh, at the post-credit sequence. We got to see Benicio del Toro as the collector. I don't remember that, huh? But okay. um, yeah, he gets the tesseract or something, doesn't he? I th- I thought I saw the tesseract in or a tesseract in his collection. Yeah. During the scene, I like poked you and I was like, "Hey, check it out! The tesseract." I think I think that's yeah. what that was. Anyway, it was a fun movie. It's it's you know it's nerdy sci-fi uh, it, it comic book stuff, but it great, was fun. Great was popcorn flick, totally, and really funny. Like yeah. I thought it was right on par with the Avengers as far as comedy because I was really surprised when I went to see the Avengers of how funny it was. Oh, I think it surpassed Avengers in comedy yeah. a lot by a lot. Well, what's his uh, name playing um, Peter Quill, Star Lord? Yeah, um, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, he he's, was really he's good. He's a great improviser. I've seen a ton of stuff online of like stuff he was doing on Parks and Rec that would just crack up the cast. They didn't. It yeah. was unscripted stuff, and he He's was just really funny. Like they'd have to cut it because they're like everybody just busted out laughing and totally lost character. Yeah, and so uh, and and he stays in character while he's cracking everyone up, and I'm sure that really paid off. For I mean, certain reactions um, when he first gets the guns pointed at him, Digimon Hansu comes in and is like drop the thing or whatever 
And he drops it, no problem, no problem at all. Just line readings like that that make him, it's it's Chris Pratt in the role. You, you, it's half Chris Pratt, it's half yeah. Peter Quill. Who, yeah, he gets he has his own personality to every that shines through in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really like that. I thought he was really uh, he made the movie. I think him and then and then actually Rocket Raccoon was a lot of fun to watch. He's yeah. hilarious. You would never know that Bradley Cooper did the voice. I mean, I, you can kind of hear it a little bit, but you said you could. I would not have. I mean, I, I know I would never have guessed it, it if him. somebody hadn't tell, yeah, told me. Exactly. You'd have to like listen for him doing a voice and kind of close your eyes and imagine him doing a voice. But other it, was, than that, it was usually more when he got really excited. Oh, really? When he got like, yeah, when he was yelling and stuff, you could mm. kind of hear more of the Bradley Cooper voice coming through. But and then Vin Diesel doing the voice of Groot. Yeah, which was like overkill. <laughs> they could have uh, had a computer do it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you really want a, a soulless performance, you got to go for the. <laughs> You gotta go for the gusto and get the the man for the job. You know job. what? I I really like Vin Diesel in Boiler Room. I mean, that's kind of a really overlooked I seen movie that for him. Forever. But I thought he did really good in that. Giovanni Ricci. Was well, really he was good also good. Too. I mean, Spielberg cast him in a movie. He was in Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, very early. Know. He died early on, but right. But he was good while he lasted. Yeah. And if you can get cast in a Spielberg movie, you're doing something right. Yeah, you're doing somewhere okay. along the line. <laughs> I remember my first Spielberg. <laughs> Speaking of which, what was your first Spielberg movie? I think it's the same as mine. Yeah, E.T. Nice. Yeah. Remember it? I just remember being really scared of the part where E.T.'s in the cornfields, but I think we've covered that that's, in an earlier episode. That's supposed to be scary, yeah. I don't remember going to see it at all, but I remember I mean, liking I was it a like lot growing up. right into that part. And I was always excited and then easily... like This happened multiple times over my um, growing up. We didn't have menus on the TV like we have now with digital everything. We didn't? No, we had TV guide and like we had <laughs> if we were lucky we had the menu channel. Remember that where it would scroll yeah. up really yeah. slow? Yeah. And if you wanted Boy, to see what, what, a, what a step forward that was. <laughs> yeah, from that, but now what we have is like a, it's the same thing but a thousand times better. Oh, way better. And like a hundred more channels, but yeah. Um you would have to wait <laughs> for yeah, the channel you wanted to find out. What you was look away up. for a second, and you're like, uh, "What was it? Oh, damn it! Now I gotta watch the. I gotta whole go sit through this thing, thing again. again. <laughs> channel two forty three. Who even watches that channel? Why is that on here? Yeah, that was move on. That was kind of nuts. Um, so as you were watching that channel seven, like every friggin' night would be like E. T. And I'm like, oh, they're showing E. T. Oh, that's right. It's entertainment tonight. <laughs> I hated that. Sucker. So other than that, we went and saw a movie. I saw a couple movies. I, I was watching. Uh, I told you I, I watched Snowpiercer. And I don't want to tell you okay. anything about it. But I've, actually, if you want it, it's right here. And if you plug that into your TV, you can watch it. All right. Give it's, it to me. Uh, there you go. Give it to me. It's, uh, a, a, of course, completely legally acquired. And, so you can't um, tell me anything about it? Telling me about it would, it Snowpiercer, would spoil it? I can tell you it's got uh, Captain America. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. He should just legally so, change his name to Captain America. It's a Captain America. No, it's Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah, okay, Steve Rogers then. So Steve Rogers is in this movie. It You could still call it a Winter Soldier movie in a way. Because okay. it, it's all very snowy and 
cold. Okay. Um, but it's a post-apocalyptic film. <gasps> I love those. I know I do too. What is it about? I don't know. I saw that movie, The Colony, and it was awful. But I was I watched it the whole time. The Colony. What was that one? It's got Lawrence Fishburne in it and uh, Bill Paxton. Is it recent? Yeah, it's fairly recent. It takes place in like, um, the future. Yeah, it takes place in the future <laughs> on Earth. Oh, it came out last year. And uh, yeah, apparently, like, there's some sort of nuclear winter or something has caused the world to go like completely icy. And right. They form these little underground colonies. Okay. It's it's and a so very they they're trying to reach one colony and they can't get anything back. So a few a group goes out to see what's going on and they find that the whole colony's been killed and is in the process of being eaten by cannibals. I could show you the trailer, but I don't want to show you the trailer. Don't. I'll just watch it. It's Chris Evans, that's his name. Tilda Swinton is in it. Okay. John Hurt, uh Jamie Bell, and Song Kang Ho. Song Kang Ho? Right, but I've seen him in some you say that like, oh who who nobody knows who that is. It's a Japanese guy, but he was in I Saw the Devil. Um I haven't seen that. Yeah, he's been. Was in he in the movie Deathbed? Deathbed. You should look that one up real quick. I read an article about that today. They said it was like the worst movie that no one's ever heard of. Deathbed, the, the bed, bed that, that eats. eats. 1977. Oh, I, I I watched like ten minutes of it this morning. It was just so bad. <laughs> okay, a bed possessed by a demon spirit consumes its users alive. <laughs> so the first 55 seconds of the movie is just like eating sounds just <laughs> just over black on a black screen <laughs> okay. but the bed the bed eats people by like consuming them in like a yellow like foamy substance and then they like get like sucked foam? in and then it just like starts digesting them the end it so it doesn't even have teeth. So the writer, director, producer of this movie was a man named George Barry. His other credits include nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. This was the one thing he did. That's pretty funny. Well, his only yeah, his credits include nothing else. Right. And yeah, apparently it was sent to DVD in 2003, despite being shot what 25 years earlier. Right. So the the the. Only reason that happens is the cult status of like a bad movie and people sitting around laughing at it. That's the it's only reason awful. that happens. The other movie I watched last night that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I never saw this because I've been on a Stephen King kick lately. Uh huh. I watched The Mist. Yeah, that was good. That the was end- phenomenal. The ending I didn't like. Well, that's the thing is that it was a, a risky ending and they didn't want to. They're, they're like, um, I think it was. Um, one of the Weinstein's, Harvey Weinstein, at de- was at Dimension Pictures. Then he might still be. I don't know if Dimension even exists I anymore. I no but idea. I was just watching a thing on the making of it, and uh, uh, Frank Darabont, who also he does a lot of Stephen King things. He, well, yeah, he did Shawshank. Shawshank. He did and Green Mile. Green Mile. So, um, if it was a prison story written by Stephen King, he's he all directed it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, and and he said, you know, back as far as the. Uh, 80s he as was far back as i can remember what no no animaniacs huh wow yeah oh speaking of which i should show you something about oh, that. No, finish your I thought will. sorry so as far back as like 1983 he, he was saying on this making of thing that he was interested in making either he's like should i make the mist or should i make 
Shawshank Redemption. And he was like weighing those two options as like a future mm. project to really focus on. And I guess he got to be friends with Stephen King because he just like he went nuts and read every single book that he's written. Um, and Stephen King likes him a lot. So he was like, yeah, whichever one you want to do. And I guess were you telling me that Stephen King will option his or give the rights, license the rights, rights to a story of his to anybody who wants to make an adaptation of it for a dollar? No. Yeah, it's just like, hey, you know what? Have at it. Have at my work. Yeah, he's got so much fucking money already. That's like, really cool. That's yeah, I wish I had that cool much money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I hope that... But The Mist was really well done because um, they were talking about how you know they shot it all in this grocery store. So all the characters, I mean, almost every single character inclu- involved in the story is right there in that grocery store. Yeah. And so it's kind of like doing a play because usually you do a movie, you're in this scene with this, these people, but you never see the people that are in this other scene or whatever. Yeah. And uh, or these, you know, the, the B plot or whatever. Everybody was right here. So they were like, it was kind of like being in a stage play and they didn't do it like, OK, now we're going to do this shot. Now we're going to do that shot. What they did was now we're going to do this scene. And then we're going to do that scene. And they just had cameras roving around the whole time, just getting any action they could find and do the scene like three or four times and move on. Hmm. So it was it was a really interesting thing to see how the movie was made. But the effects were not bad at all for 2007 and a low budget. Yeah, they did a lot of uh, practical things like they had puppets and things. And then, you know, the monsters look really cool. The monsters are like you're, you're like, what the hell are these? Where are these coming from? These aren't even like earthbound creatures what are these things are they aliens what are they yeah so and nope. it, and at first i didn't know is it like one thing that lives in the mist but then it turns out it's multiple th- different kinds of creatures and they're of eating all each other shapes and sizes right so then uh and so you never know what's gonna come get you in the mist yeah so they're all trapped in this store and it it had a kind of um what else did it remind me of there's other stories like that where everybody's trapped in a building yeah um, well, actually, it's kind of funny that Frank Darabont is uh, was heading. I don't think he's heading it anymore. But uh, The Walking Dead, yeah, uh, that was his uh-huh. thing. So they all end up trapped Great in show. a compound, and there's zombies everywhere. So it's kind of yeah. the same thing. The whole cast is supposedly basically right this there, is going to be the final season, I think. But I should start. I haven't seen it. anything about saying that it is the final season, so I don't know. Uh, so there was a thing about but yeah. No, I love I love The Mist. There was a great movie. Um. Yeah, really I'd entertaining. Never... Just like the monsters were really like creepy and and gnarly. Um. Yeah, they they were well designed. Um. And and the what characters was cool, were really well acted. Like the the crazy... Marcia Gay Harden doing the crazy Is that Christian who that was? lady. Marcia yes. Gay Harden. Yeah, she, she was, was phenomenal in that expiation. <laughs> and then and the starts like guy. everybody thinks she's crazy, just like complete batshit nuts. But then by the end of the movie, she has more than half the grocery store right, behind following her. her. And that oh, that was such a great point to make in that movie about how fear turns us into sheep yeah. looking for the ultimate, you know, just looking for any answer. Yeah, they should have blasted her in the face in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> just like right away. Of well, course, she, it would have created something, a lot. Something there would have been nearly later. as much tension inside the grocery store. Yeah, something but, happens to her later. But um, you uh, almost kind of wonder what's worse. What? What do you mean? Like being out in the mist with the monsters or, or like or being, being in the grocery store with and the crazy the, lady the, who like... The, commands everybody it's the tale as old as time and any monster movie uh worth its salt is about who's the real monster is it is it the monsters outside that are literal monsters or is it what we turn into when we're afraid yeah and that's that's been i mean take it back to um 
the Twilight Zone that that episode called the uh, yeah the the one where they each house gets the power. No, Is it's just yeah, about? it's 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 that They're, one, but it's not each house. It's just like random things start happening around the neighborhood. Power goes out, and then this house gets power, but then like hey, it goes away. How come and, George has power? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that one actor was pretty funny. Yeah, how come George has it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's called the monsters have arrived on main street yeah, or yeah, mulberry street or whatever totally expecting it to be a monster story and it's and it, what it turns like out that. is it's aliens that are 1950s aliens which are humans with like antenna. yeah giant giant heads no they just had that regular normal guy but he's wearing a spacesuit because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have astronauts yet then. <laughs> like, anyway uh they're sitting up on a hill supposedly in a spacecraft of some sort and going look at them it's basically Kang. Look and at them, Kodos. <laughs> going, going. Didn't the Simpsons do a spoof on it or no? Um, I don't know of one directly, but okay, they may have made an allusion to it. <laughs> Immigrants. I knew it was them, even when it was the. Well, what's it? What's his line? I don't remember. I totally forgot about that line. Bill Simpson. Immigrant. Immigrants. I knew it was them, even when it was the whatever. I knew it was them. <laughs> he calls them immigrants. He doesn't even know the word. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, it's it's that, that's how a good monster movie is done. the The thing is the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, we turn into murderous, uh, horrific. And there's a great line. The grocer says it in the movie. He says, because um, they're arguing about what are we going to do? Like, are we going to turn against each other and start like, and he goes, look, fundamentally, as a species, we are insane. <laughs> like, historically, throughout history, that's just what we are when, when the going gets tough. Our fight or flight response is just, but his line is, as a species, we are fundamentally insane. Yeah. Um. Anyway, jumping off of that, that was a good movie, but. I did want to show you Pinky and the Brain were in the news today. Speaking of Animaniacs, as oh, you yeah? were a little while ago. So They're I'm just going to show you this clip. So enjoy this. Anytime now. Yeah, I was quoting the pigeons. I forget what the, the good feathers. That's what it was. Oh, based on good fellows. And every episode started with as far back as I can remember. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so this is from break.com. Is it just that? That's... Where's the video clip? I don't know, but that was a pretty cool intro to nothing. Hang on. Where is this? Do they thing? still have Orson Welles doing the voice of Pinky? It's not. It was never Orson <laughs> Welles. It was a guy doing an impression, doing of, Orson an impression of Orson Welles. But yes, it was supposed to be uh, Orson Welles. I hope it didn't get taken down or something. Well, so much for that idea. Yeah, I can't find it. Um, I think it got taken down because basically what it was was somebody got, and it looks like it may have been break.com or one of those websites, I cra guess, cracked or a comedy website or something, but uh, they got the two guys who did the voices together and they basically just put them in front of microphones like we're holding right now uh -huh. and had them read the script. And so he's like, what are we going to do tonight, Pinky? What are we going to do tonight, Brian? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the internet. And then they... they <laughs> That's not exactly the way the line went, but they did it. And then he goes, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And he says, um, I think so, but whatever. And he makes his joke. And then instead of him going, no, Pinky, that's not it at all. He goes, 
God damn it, Pinky, you fucking moron. <laughs> he starts cursing up a storm at poor little Pinky. And Pinky starts just going, oh, brain. Why, oh. brain? And he's like, you fucking idiot. I've been putting up with your shit for years now. He's just like cursing him out like crazy. And then it cuts to the real life guys being recorded. And, they're, and they like stop for a minute and take the script down. And he goes, and he turns to this guy behind them that's standing there. Uh, going like, yeah, yeah, dude, you're on your day on it. And he, they go, are you sure this is written by Warner Brothers? They wanted us to record this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, keep going. <laughs> and they're like, okay. But it was actually animated. Like somebody did the animation for the first 20 seconds or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really funny. And I guess maybe you're right. Warner Brothers might have just said, oh, no, you may not do that. Oh, no, you didn't. It sounds like it was unauthorized, but now it's now it's gone from the Internet. But it was pretty funny. Unauthorized? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, basically, think. Of, I mean, what? How are we let's supposed get into, to make money off this? Exactly. But what if it gets people going? Oh, yeah, I remember Pink in the Brain. They were funny. I'm going to go, you know, yeah. buy the DVDs like. Is What's, there such a bad a thing as bad publicity, or is it just intellectual property rights stuff like that that they're like? Yeah, I don't know. Cease and desist. Pull it off your website. There was certainly plenty of bad publicity for OJ. <laughs> Nothing good really happened to that guy after he the proved, trial. He was the exception to the rule. <laughs> yeah, he's um, like, here's the rule that, uh, and, and I'm gonna break it, but I'm the uh, the proof of the ex- the uh, exception. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> it certainly worked. Actually, OJ happened twenty years ago. Yeah, this today. Year. No, no, it wasn't today. <laughs> but let's say it was. No, it was. They they did a special on ESPN Rob, about it. It was Rob, like back in let's, June. Let's say it was today. Don't tell the audience. Bro. All right. Yeah, today there's yeah. doing something on sixty minutes tonight. Yeah, it's all about OJ. Schaefer. That he, it was twenty years ago this very night. <laughs> in this very state, <laughs> in this very country, right underneath your nose, <laughs> that he did a bunch. Of, do you, where, what were you doing when OJ started? Dude, running? I don't even remember. You don't remember? No. Oh, dude. Oh, so I was no, in. No, I don't remember at all. It wasn't that important to me at the time. I'm just like who? that guy from Naked Gun. <laughs> so what? Orange juice? Who? <laughs> my my uh uncle likes to tell the story that um he was with some he was with a friend or a couple people and and their teenage daughter at the time and they're like oh didn't you hear in the news apparently simpson murdered his wife and they're like and then the daughter just like poked up and went what marge is dead so like even back then <laughs> simpsons was popular enough to <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> be in the mainstream. It was five years into the Simpsons. Five years in, dude. Those were like some prime years right yeah. there. So, uh, but I was in a car with my parents. We were going with my whole family. We were going to some dinner party with my parents' friends, and you know how traffic gets like horrible on six eighty coming up this way. Well, yeah, it's the Bay Area. Well, but in the afternoons, coming up six eighty in the in the early to mid afternoon, or like not early afternoon, but okay, mid to late afternoon, that whole time there, traffic is just stopped. So we were on the side street, San Ramon Valley Boulevard, Danville Boulevard. Okay, and that was stopped up too. But I have it clearly in my mind, just sitting in the car listening to the radio, describing everything of the chase scene. So that was like it was like high drama radio. Sitting there in the car, like you could almost imagine it happening around you somewhere because we were just out in a car and they were chasing cars. So 
I, it was burned into my memory, and then that was everything they were talking about that night at the dinner party. <laughs> I remember the trial, yeah, and when too. they were coming up with the verdict, like we were in school, yep, and the teacher was like, put it up on the TV in school. Uh, I was in my was oceanography like, class, and All they right, put it on cool. the radio. They were just like stopped class. Is that weird? It is weird. That wouldn't happen now. I don't think. I think people would go, no, no, no. School needs to happen over drama of celebrities, even yeah. if it's murder. Well, because back then, like, that was a totally new thing. I guess. I wonder if that's what started all the, like, reality TV Court shit. TV and, well, Court TV was happening at the time. Yeah. That's what that's what put Court TV on the map, was oh, I that know. trial. They were like, so, oh, man, when's another celebrity going to murder somebody? <laughs> Come on, Robert Blake. Yeah. Get, get off get, your ass. Get on it, Beretta. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that was really weird. Klaus von Bülow just didn't pan out the way we had hoped. <laughs> and what what was the verdict when you heard the verdict read in class? It wasn't the whole trial. It's not like we sat and watched the whole trial, but when they were reading the verdict, I, I think I, I God, I really don't remember. My class erupted in applause and cheering when he was read really? not guilty. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, I don't remember. We all consider him. Totally a murderer who got away with it now, 20 yeah. years later. But back then, and and I he went to jail, but I don't even think he's still there for the theft thing and breaking and entering. No, no, he's definitely in jail. Oh, he is? Yeah, he, oh. he like robbed somebody with guns. Yeah, but I thought he got, you know, a couple of years and he was out or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. I, th- I thought you got more than just a couple of years for armed robbery. But, but hey, if you're OJ and you can afford a really good attorney. Yeah, but that's the problem. He couldn't. Oh. That's why he committed why armed robbery. Well, no. The reason was he was stealing back his memorabilia. memorabilia that yeah. he thought was not sold legally. And he's like, the cops aren't helping me. I almost like feel for the guy. I'm like, don't do it with a gun. But yeah, if you come up with a crazy caper. <laughs> Why not? Sounds fun. How is it sold illegally? Like they stole it from he, him and then basically sold it. Basically that was his argument was that it was stolen from him. He had it on loan to someone and they sold it. Yeah, I think so, it's just pretty clear that OJ's pretty much lost it. He's yeah, he's got something wrong with him. He should just sue the NFL and claim concussions <laughs> caused caused his mind to go and yeah, then you know, maybe. he wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> right, cuz he would instantly automatically win no matter what. Um, so yeah, I just remember the classrooms like erupting with applause and, and cheering when he was read huh. not guilty. And it's like, nobody thinks that now, but I remember more kids. I remember more, old. more about hearing when Chris Farley died. Like, really? Oh, that was like, that was so awful to me. Actually, I remember hearing that really struck me. I was just like, no, he was awesome. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Those, those deaths are the weirdest ones where you're just like, you're, you're like, that person can't be dead. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman, that one just happened. And yeah. I was like, what? I didn't know he had a bad drug habit. I didn't either. I don't. I shouldn't say it just happened. It was like six months ago or more. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like, wait, huh? That guy, I just saw him in a movie. He's like acting currently right now. And he's like doing Broadway plays. And Did you hear like all the list of demands that he had in his will for his kids? No. I know that he wasn't giving his kids any money, but. Yeah, that. That just, you know, he didn't want them growing up as trust fund babies. I'd be like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> but that kind of anger and angst might be good. Do you for know, them. like, what kind of lightning you struck by becoming as famous as you were? Like, maybe we could all benefit from that. 
Well, Instead of money, just you. But what did the money go to? His girlfriend or something? And uh, yeah, something like that. It didn't even like go to a charity. I it think. Was like, I think the point was he they would be taken care of, but he didn't want them to just be lazy rich kids. You know. Yeah, I guess. I don't think they're. I think they're the the will is probably says something because he's probably not a totally amoral person, but yeah, he was probably like, look, you guys, will, I'll pay for your college and and. But also, he like he, get you an apartment he didn't want them growing up in Hollywood. Or maybe even California. Well, like he had them move out of it. California. Oh, I don't know that they can. Are they? I guess they're under seventeen or under eighteen, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. And that he didn't. He like, look what it did to him. Look what Hollywood did to him. Killed him ultimately. He had addiction problems. Yeah, but I mean, can you blame that on Hollywood? I think he did, I and guess I think so. that was the the point. Uh, I never knew that he was struggling I think, with addiction. I think I there was, might be a little bit of. Uh, contributory negligence on his part that was many syllables yeah well it's an insurance (laughs) term it basically just means that your injury happened because you're a jerk no not (laughs) you contributed to the situation by being a dummy it wasn't just this other party's fault that you that what happened to you happened right because there are people who live clean and sober and and go through life without being in the in the tabloids and stuff like that as celebrities well, not even that. Like, I mean, there's celebrities that don't die of heroin overdoses. It happens all the time. A couple of them. <laughs> happens every day. Mel Brooks is ready to keel over dead from uh, heroin addiction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. It's it's readily available. It's probably yeah. It's everywhere, and you have yeah. to like actively because everybody fight around it off. you has money. And yeah, and they don't have the responsibilities of like a family in a lot of cases. I just like to think that if I was in that situation, I just wouldn't do heroin. <laughs> Let me Somebody see. was like, Rob, oh my God, dude, I got all this heroin. Like, you got to try it. It's fucking awesome. I'm like, you know what? I'm sure it's really badass. And that's exactly <laughs> why I'm not going to do it. I okay. saw train spotting. <laughs> I don't need to see babies well, on ceilings. What if ceilings. you were really drunk and really high? And you were like, eh, what's a third, you know, <laughs> what's a third vice toxin going to do to me? <laughs> Nothing. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I, <sighs> I think people get into it when they, you know, their guard is down and maybe, then, and maybe then I'm not you're saying, like high on something else. And then you go, well, I survived, you know, one bout with it. I'm, I could go another round with it. And then you're all I'd of probably, a sudden you're an I, addict. I, I, I honestly, it'd probably be like, dude, I'm so lucky that nothing bad happened to That's me. That's how like, I feel. <laughs> So lucky oh, that I didn't first overdose yeah. or like, you know, end up in a ditch or like arrested or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I haven't done anything. Cause I'm like, I would end up, I would Philip Seymour Hoffman myself so fast. Like I think, <laughs> I think I would because it's, I've got a history of addiction in my family and stuff and that's not fun. So yeah, I just, I don't know too many people. No of, sorry, I don't know of too many celebrities who like got involved in heroin who were like, thank God for that. Right. This was Thank a wi- God I got into heroin. You know Although what? Scott Weiland on without heroin isn't as entertaining. No, well, did you like Velvet Revolver? They were okay. Well, I like Stone Temple Pilots well, way well, better. Yeah, because that was his original band. But what if Velvet Revolver was an original band you'd never heard of? Yeah, they, of the were, they were. Of the they band. were definitely cool. Yes. They were a good band. I think they were definitely cool. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Speaking of music, if there's anything I want to get into, but probably not. I've probably covered all the music that's been going on lately. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I imagine being 
on a high of heroin is like that one song on the Stone Double Pilots album, Core. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, everybody. This is an awesome little minute 37 song. I, okay, so here's where we're shooting Can they up. hear it okay? Yeah, they can. Yeah, the, I imagine this is what being high on heroin is. It's not, not bad so far. At first, it doesn't hit you right away. And Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Please think for me. I can't bear to. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, good idea. Good plan for the day. <laughs> Ew. And what do you say, fluffy pillows and what? Now soiled. Oh, lovely. Did you check the bathroom? Is Mary in the bathroom? Oh, that's that's classy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true, Scott. Good Where do you point. think she went? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, because she was in the bathtub. <laughs> All right. Now what? <laughs> now Cracker Man. Anyway, that's Stone Temple Pilots, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was their first album. That was like, hey, here's our introduction to the world. Here's who we are. Oh, that was a great album. Yeah. Okay. So Dead and Bloated, Sex Type Thing, Wicked Garden. I don't know no memory. Yeah, you do. Do I? I have no memory of no memory. <laughs> you wouldn't. So it doesn't start right away. Oh, this is just a little interlude. Yeah, it's just like a little intro to the next song. Okay, Sin. Yeah, even just that sound is like, I don't We've talked about grunge music enough on this show, but that sound has gone away and I miss it. Just yeah. that quality of recording. I don't know. I think maybe. You know what this Foo needs? Still more like it. violins and mandolins and. Harpsichords, banjos, banjos, lots of banjos. <laughs> can we can we get more banjos in this? And some like triangle, little triangle, not the big ones, just the little triangle. <laughs> just any instrument that isn't part of a standard band, can we I just mean, throw it in there? So yeah, a sitar. This this, this could the be sitar? this could be a recurring thing we do is check out the latest hot stuff on uh, Spotify, which is kind of drawing from multiple different um, Frank Zappa. Well, these are like uh, how to discover oh, old music, new music, whatever. Um, but this here, this page can give us the top top tracks in the United States. Great. This is Stan, Sam Smith with Stay By Me. Stay With Me. You're right. I was not reading the whole thing. He's a Stay British with guy. Me. How Have do you, you heard that? the song? No. He sounds. He sounds. He's a white British guy. He sounds like a the most soulful black man. Yeah, he sounds like. Um, no, it's a good. It's a good song. It's really. It's pretty somber, but like, it's pretty. It's a good tune. Yeah, but skip ahead. Skip there's ahead no, a little there's bit. no guitars. What's going on? Yeah, it does I guess it's because like, of the gospel choir kind of helps. Right. 
It sounds like Kebmo. <laughs> okay, so the nut number two song here is Rude by Magic. Okay, I hear a guitar. It's got a, it's got a reggae beat going. But again, the vocals sound like everything else I've ever heard. Sounds like somebody who won on American Idol. Yeah. I don't know. Is this a good song? I mean, it's chill. It's all right. Is it a, is it a blow your socks off song? No. I'm not going to change the way I think about anything <laughs> listening to this song, except right. maybe the way I think about smoking pot. <laughs> Boy, I need to get high right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pop reggae. Why you gotta be so rude? Yeah, it's whiny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so well, sensitive. Be a big bully. Is that what he says? I don't know. Probably. That's what it sounds like. It's like, why you gotta be so rude? Why you gotta be a bully? So, <laughs> the thing about a song like that is it where's the badass kick you in the face rock music that we used to be into? Uh, Fancy is a huge hit. Has been for months now. And I actually like this as a as a hip hoppy pop song. Oh, you fancy, huh? Is that this one? First things first. I'm a realist. I just like the rapping in it, kind of. And then I thought it was... I didn't know who Charlie XCX was, but um, the chorus sounds like... Uh, what's her name? From no Doubt. Um, Gwen Stefani? Yeah, it sounds like Gwen Stefani to me. Huh. I was saying that to a friend of mine. I actually like, don't really... I don't know this song. I'm, well, this, uh, is, this is the one that Weird Al did. Um, what did he... Covered it with... Uh, Tacky? Yeah. No, that was um Was it? No, that was Happy. Right. That did tacky, that he did, he did um Handy. Uh, where he's a handyman. So that sounds like Gwen Stefani to me. Yeah, a little bit. So okay, it it took a little while to grow on me. Actually what did it for me for this song was when um Who's the one you think looks like a frog? Uh, <laughs> the chick you think looks like a frog. Unattractive. Oh, whatever oh uh, Emma Stone. Stone, right. She was on uh, Jimmy Fallon's show, and they do the ultimate lip syncing contest thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think he, she did this one, and it, it was really funny because she knew every word like better than by heart. This is Chandler with oh, the song. Oh, Chandelier. I was like, is that the name of the artist? <laughs> Chandler. Uh, Chandelier by Sia. Okay, sounds like sounds every like hip hop beat or pop. Uh, a Natalie Imbruglia ripoff. It not, does. Uh, not Natalie Imbruglia. Um, I know who you're thinking of though. Yeah. I'm like a bird, only fly away. Yeah. What's her name? Is that Natalie Imbruglia? Is it? I don't know. Oh yeah, look, maybe. she's counting. Oh, we're doing some auto tuning too. This is so original. That's cool. Auto auto tune. Yeah, you know what? More people should do this. Yeah. Well, because if you can't sing, it's the way to go. Speaking of not being able to sing, I, I got your Facebook message through Betsy's Facebook about listening to the Don Johnson song. <laughs> oh my God, he like talk sings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> In fact, and so, then he does. The only reason the chorus sounds wait, why good did is because the backup why did this singers even come up? are in. So give a, give a little, the audience a little bit of. Um, backstory on that oh just because we were sitting in the theater waiting for guardians of galaxy to start and it said don johnson had three 
three hits in the top 100 and I'm like three. Yeah. I can understand. Back in the 80s, I, I could, not I recently. I understand one. I mean, Eddie Murphy had one. Yeah. Not, not recently. This was back in 1986. Well, yeah. And the big hit was called Heartbeat. I was trying to remember the name of it. And then um, we looked it up or something and it was Heartbeat. And I was like, oh, that's what it was. So Rob didn't know it. And I said, we'll play it later. But I forgot to play it later after the movie. So I sent his wife a um, a message on Facebook saying, here's the song Heartbeat. You got to show this to Rob. Love it already. Sounds like Phil Collins, Genesis, <laughs> doing the I backing. Guess. It sounds like a band in a movie, like playing their <laughs> hit song. <laughs> Up on a stage in a bar scene. Yeah. He's oh, sort of singing. Awful. <laughs> Wait till the chorus, though. That's where it really picks up. Yeah. He was on the Django. Oh, he, he did vocal. Like they just took pieces from his performance in Django Unchained, and it's on the album. Uh, okay. I just noticed he appears on the Django Unchained album. Well, shit, far. Here it comes. Say, Yeah, if there was an, an 80s equivalent of auto-tune, this thing was soaked in it. Well, they, they did have auto-tune that, that far back. They just didn't... They weren't proud of it. They didn't make it like a <laughs> prominent feature in a song. They would do it to just like, oh, right here he lost the key. So they would just like, right there, they would auto-tune that one little... It was just a tool, you know? Yeah. They would just tweak it a little bit. And now it's like, oh, let's auto-tune the whole album. Let's auto-tune the fuck out of this motherfucker okay kanye if that's what you want to do i do <laughs> it's weird um so yeah that's uh, that's what we were talking about so now that it's the end of the show we can talk a little oh, bit a little bit spoilery about um uh guardians of the galaxy um so uh, I'm trying to think what we could spoil, <laughs> but I don't know. To spoil a lot of the jokes, I love Drax the Destroyer. Where he's like, "Star Lord, you are my friend. <laughs> goes, this dumb tree is my friend. Yes. The Drax Horror is my friend. Drax like, was okay, funny. That's enough. Drax was funny because he. I, I like how they set up that he doesn't understand metaphors. He doesn't get things that are said figuratively. Yeah. So he thinks everything, everything is literally everything literally. <laughs> and he, they, they're like. If you try to speak in metaphors, it goes straight over his head. And he goes, no, it won't. Nothing will go over my head. I will reach. I I have a long. What does he say? I no, have, I have incredible reflexes. I have incredible reflexes. <laughs> I will catch it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the performance of that by Dave Bautista, the wrestler, right? The MMA fighter. Is that is who? Is. I, I don't know who, Dave, who that guy was. I think that's who he was. But yeah, he was, he was excellent in that movie. He was he just, really funny. Um, could be serious when he needed to be serious. Like could deliver the deadpan. Um, yeah, he was really just everybody in that movie was good. What I didn't realize is that Karen Gillan from uh, it's most people's favorite companion on doc on the new Doctor Who series and probably mine too. I did not recognize her as the evil um, Nebula. Yeah, Nebula, who was the counterpart to um, Ronan Gamora. No, Gamora oh, well, yeah, was yeah. the the uh, what's her daughters name? of. Uh, her name was Gamora. No, the actress Zoe. Oh, Zoe Zel- Saldana. Saldana. Yeah, Saldana. 
Um, so yeah, Dave Bautista is like a bodybuilder wrestler or something like that. WWE SmackDown. Yeah. He oh, was just, okay. he just used to be Bautista. That was his name. That's um, a cool name. Yeah, it is. Co- well, you know, he's got all these tattoos, but I think he should just get the, the red shit he had all over him in the yeah. movie. That would yeah, just that be totally awesome. <laughs> um, and he was just super strong, but he has this fight where he like, he, he fights, um, Ronan. Ronan, because Ronan killed his family and he wants revenge. Yeah. And he gets his ass whooped. A guy that big who through a whole movie is just like throwing people around. Yeah, and everyone's afraid of him. Like, yeah. Just wa- all he does, all he has are knives. Like, yeah, he, just he just has two knives. That's what he wants. And he just like flinches at you. He looks at you and you flinch, but um, he's getting thrown around by Ronan. I thought that I mean, was his really. His name is Drax the Destroyer. In the yeah, movie. you don't get thrown around if your name is Drax the Destroyer, but he did. And I thought that was good. And then later on, he says, you know, I, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have gone after him with my rage and all that anger and stuff. He's like, I should work with you guys as a team. And the whole movie was about them coming up as a team together. Uh-huh. And I really loved Rocket's um, uh, scene where he, I guess they get a little drunk when they're waiting to see the collector and they get in a big fight. And, yeah. and he goes, he called me vermin. You know, saying Drax called him vermin. Yeah. And it's like really hurt his feelings to the point that what would a big tough guy do when his feelings are hurt is he starts getting in a fight and pointing guns and stuff. Yeah. And so Star-Lord comes out and stops them. He's like, whoa, you guys, come on. Let's settle down here. This is why you guys don't have friends is because you guys will try to kill anybody you meet after two seconds after you meet them and whatever. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, you know, like he called me vermin. And he's like next to tears. And you're like, I'm watching this 3D animated character voiced <laughs> by somebody who looks nothing like this character because it's only a foot and a half tall yeah and you're just like i feel for this little thing like I, yeah it, he's it, like i didn't ask for the i didn't be, i didn't I, ask, I didn't to, ask be to be created made. like this yeah he yeah. apparently i don't know the whole backstory but he was created in a lab basically yeah um and, and he just like they gave it such humanity to a raccoon <laughs> which was just so well done yeah and and he is a badass he does have to make up for his stature and you know, by being a badass and being, you know, killing people or whatever. Yeah. And somebody else pointed out, did you ever notice that Rock, Rocket Raccoon uh, does more to save the civilians of of the, the planet that's getting attacked at the end by going down to the surface, pointing his gun up and shooting at the ships that are falling? Yeah. Than Superman ever did to save anybody in Man of Steel and Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> All he did was fight Zod. <laughs> he, like, knocked down 40 buildings, like, skyscrapers yeah well he did he did go down to the other side of the world and destroy the machine well that was handy of him but yeah in well the process, i mean that was, that was pretty integral murder? that was pretty integral to the to the plot there right he was trying to he wasn't worried about that's, collateral damage he was worried about saving like the whole planet one of superman's biggest weaknesses though that was exploited in the original superman movie back in the 70s yeah, is that can he only... can't he can't be in two places at once except he found a way well, yeah. And that was the point. That's what made that movie special is that Superman is so super that even though he can't be in two places at once, when he fails at that, it hurts him so badly that just he reaches into like the deepest parts of him and finds a way. Yeah. And and speaking of which, now we're not talking about we'll get back to uh one last item in um GOTG. GOTG Guardians of the Galaxy in a minute. I've heard a good explanation for so it doesn't make sense that Superman flies around the world so fast that he makes the world spin backwards and that makes time go backwards. 
Yeah. That's always bothered people, right? Yeah. So what if he's just flying so fast past the speed of light, and now he's traveling backward in time by moving this fast? And that's why it perceives, from his point of view, the Earth is rotating backwards and time is traveling backwards. Yeah. He literally goes back in time. I don't know if that's how it works. The faster you go, the slower time goes. And then if you hit the speed yeah. of light, it starts going backwards. That's not quite... We don't uh, think that's quite how it that, works. that, but... So, but I think that's one thing that might make Superman seem a little more scientific in, in that, yeah. that little moment. Anyway... I mean, if you have a problem with that, why don't you have a problem with a guy who can like? Well, he's from another planet. Yeah. Where oh, he's, okay, that he's solves used, it. He no, he it does. He's from another planet where in 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 their red sun, which is a much older sun, it's closer to going supernova. His people grew up under this red sun, right? Now he comes to Earth, a yellow sun, a much younger sun, and his cells are being just bombarded with. Yeah, and it's this. more oxygen rich and something like that. So, so that, they eh, try to they try to explain of... it some in Man of Steel, and I'm just like, okay, fine. Oh, well, they yeah, I'm they already on board. That. It's it's just Superman. You don't really need to explain anything. <laughs> but people else. like knowing like it's how just how is he super? How did that happen? You know what makes him? What literally is making him be super right now? Like what are the physics of it? And it's like, all right, we'll play with the physics a little bit. Uh, it's this. Yeah, so I, think I guess it's not as easy to explain as like X-Men where they're just like, it's just a mutation. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's even based in science. Yeah, mutations happen. Yeah, it's not, a mutation. Not quite those mutations, but... I have three words for you. Mutant. What? Mutant. Oh, mutant. Okay. That is that is three words. You got that right. Yep. Um, Never wrong. <laughs> Uh, so the one last spoiler I'll give is about the post credit sequence. And if you don't want to hear this, just turn off the show and go to the Really next... don't don't worry about it. Unless you're just like the biggest comic book nerd ever. There's, no, it, you know it what? wasn't I that big have, of a deal. I didn't want it ruined, but it, it didn't give away I don't know if it gave away something, but uh at the end we see the collector. He's sitting there in the mess of his office. Yeah, after his his assistant inexplicably like Killed herself trying to get the stone. She's just like, no, I'm just no, going to do this. No, she wasn't an assistant. She was a slave to him. She was... had to do that or she would be locked up as one of the collections. She had to like do anything he wanted. She said, I'm tired of being your slave. So she grabbed the thing and killed herself. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. You didn't oh, hear her okay. say that? No, I missed that part, I okay. guess. For some reason. <laughs> I was thinking Somehow. about a different movie at that moment. <laughs> I was like, I'll just grab it already. <laughs> No, so, uh, but anyway, at the end of the movie, the whole place has been destroyed, right? It's been blown up. All his collection uh, cases have been blown to smithereens. And Cosmo the dog, which I guess in the comic books later becomes a part of the Guardians, Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, my boss was explaining that to me that he's like, they're kind of mascot or something. Okay, so I, see, I didn't know that. Um, but anyway, he comes over and starts licking the collector's face. And you hear a voice off screen go, what do you let him lick your face like that for? And that's, and then you're like, okay, who who's saying that? And it pans over, and sitting in one of the broken cases is Howard the Duck. And he's just going, that's disgusting, and he's sipping a martini. <laughs> yeah, I I had no idea that Howard the Duck was a Marvel comic character. Yes, that's where it came before. from. Before I I thought it, I thought that was just totally George Lucas's like, hey, what about a duck? Off the wall, like no, but it was his off the wall idea. It's well, again, George Lucas didn't direct that movie. Yeah, and I know there's people out there right now. Well, I know there's 
person out there right now going, I love Howard the Duck. And yes, when you're seven years old, Howard the Duck is a great movie. <laughs> and it's even a little risque. Try watching it again. I, I promise it won't go down as smoothly. <laughs> Yeah, don't you're gonna gets, find yourself going. What the I am, fuck is IMDb this? gives it only a four point five out of ten. Uh, I will say though that I liked um, Leah Thompson in that. She was of course kinda, you did. She was cute. twenty years old. Yeah, she's really cute. Jeffrey Jones was in it. Tim Robbins. There's a lot of kind of big name people involved in this. Well, Tim Robbins wasn't that big of a name back then. Well, but he they just discovered him early. That's all. Yeah, I guess. So. Um, but he was also let's see. It was directed by Willard. Hayek? Huik? Huik. It's Huik. <laughs> Who also did something for Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Doom, American Graffiti. So he was involved with George Lucas to a point. Uh, the director also went on to direct nothing after that. <laughs> surprise, surprise, right. It's surprise. funny how that does happen. Career killer. There are... There are people who have had career killers, and people just do not let them make another movie after that. It's like, no, you fucked up. You can't, we do not trust you because you in the insurance industry would understand. No, this is a high risk person. <laughs> yeah, he made a flop, so he made. Four it was yeah. Movies. I mean, at that point, it was up to him to like try to pull himself out of it and do something else, maybe more independent. But yeah, so he did Messiah of Evil in 1973, French Postcards in 1979. Best Defense in 1984. And so everyone went, he's the man for the job. <laughs> and he got to do that. He worked on the screenplay for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So that must have... Oh, and then he wrote the screenplay for Howard the Duck. So, yeah. He also wrote the screenplay for Radio Land Murders. He did get a little work afterwards. Hmm. Um, okay. Secrets of a Hollywood Nurse, a TV movie from 2008, was the last thing we have him doing here. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he screwed up, but the movie itself was a disaster. But what if this is Marvel going, no, 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 no. Just because it screwed up with that movie doesn't mean we don't have a good character here that can could spin off a fun movie. It's been it's been almost 30 years. They could think it's probably time. It's well, but is it it's interesting. Is it time to remake a movie that was horrible or do you, you know, let Marvel do it because it was their character. No, I think it's time. I think it's time where they can now comf- They can now try to attempt another movie because the stink of the original. Yeah, we're is, safely far is, enough away passed, from it. Where people, most people, don't really remember it. Well, it's you know, and it's just been it's it's been the laughing stock of George Lucas's career until he did Episode One. Yeah, it was just one, like, two, oh, three. guess how? Or I guess I guess old George isn't made of gold after all. And then they're like, he's like, oh no, I was never made of gold. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so he made those movies. Anyway, that's about it for this week. We didn't have any plan this week. We just thought we'd chit chat for a while. But I, I thought we did fine. I hope we did. I thought we did um, just fine. We have some exciting stuff coming up. Apparently, we have a couple guests. Yeah, we have a guest star coming in. Well, a. a- the couple, I, not I get, together yeah. at the same time, but yeah, yeah, we got uh, my boss Shrikar who will be coming in next week. Uh, so that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I confirmed it with him today. I'm like, so next Tuesday, right? He's like, yep, got it. Okay, for sure, I'll be there. So we'll do that, and we'll get to know. I have no idea. I've never met the guy, so this is all. If if it's a if he hor- if he freezes up and he's horrible on the show, it's all Rob's fault. And uh, yeah, and well, then he'll get fired. <laughs> yeah, yes, I will. <laughs> Totally fired. But uh, we're looking forward to doing that because we're going to do some movie game types of things. I guess Streetcar is a big movie yeah. guy. 
So. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a lot of movie talk next episode, I promise. Okay. We didn't do enough of that this time. Not, no. Not nearly enough. So, coming at you once again from the, the top of the Mike Wood Radio Empire building. That's, that's I don't know. It's my living room. Um, this is Mike. I'm Rob. And this has been the Mike and Rob podcast. Episode number 20, by the way. Number 20. We are in double digits for doubles now. Okay. I guess. We did 10 episodes in double digits? 11? Anyway, signing off. Catch you later. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Go.